the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing. Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Cooper of HL Commercial. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. You're going to use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And it is summertime. You want to get that tan on, right? Yeah. Got to get, get your, your pre-tan on. Sure. <laughs> get your pre-tan on. All right. Uh, let's see. And the uh, certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is just random trivia. Uh, Mark, you want to introduce our guest? Oh, sure. I, I brought uh, Shanae Mabry of Old Republic Orexco, Orexco uh, Exchange, and a lot of my clients are doing exchanges now. They're selling a property, and they've got to identify a replacement property. And I've been working with Shanae and her company for a couple years, and uh, she could tell us a little more about what you guys do. But boy, for folks that are doing exchanges, you really want to have a good accommodator. So what is an accommodator? Well, that's a really great question. And so let's just kind of start with what is a 1031 exchange? And when someone is selling a property that they've owned for investment purposes for a period of time, and they're wanting to sell that property and reinvest into another investment property, well, a 1031 exchange would be a great tool for that. Because if they were to just sell the property outright, they'd be paying the capital gains tax, which will be anywhere between 25 upwards of 42% which is kind of huge. Plus, you it's not only just the low basis uh, for the original purchase, but if they've owned it for a while, they've also had the depreciation that exactly. they have to recapture at ordinary income, right? Correct. Yeah. So by structuring the transaction as a 1031 exchange and utilizing a qualified intermediary, they're able to reinvest that money into another investment property and defer having to pay the tax. So our role in the transaction is we'll prepare all of the legal documentation that's required to facilitate the exchange. Uh-huh. We'll receive the proceeds from the sale of their property to hold in trust for them until they're ready to reinvest into another replacement property. Yeah, because an exchange is not, you know, I exchange my property for years, you take it from me. I mean, the, right. the odds of that happening are really small. It's, Quite. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a three-way type thing. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what, by the way, uh, the term reverse exchange has come mm-hmm. up. But can you explain what a reverse exchange is? So a reverse exchange is really when someone is looking to purchase a replacement property before they complete the sale of the property they want to sell. And that can be a really great tool, especially in the current marketplace that we're in, where it's so difficult to locate the replacement property that they want to buy. Okay. 
And so by structuring it as a reverse exchange, they're going to buy the replacement property first, first okay. before they complete the sale of the property they want to sell. We did one of those last year, and it was a really interesting situation. I'll, I'll make sure we have enough time, but um, I was in escrow. Actually, I had a property listed for sale in San Rafael, and we talked about an exchange with my client, and she said, oh, yeah, I want to buy I want to buy like a you know Airbnb type of house up in Sonoma yeah. or Sebastopol. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm set. And you can sell any uh, investment property as long as it's not your primary residence. Correct. You can sell land and buy a hotel, you know, all kinds of stuff. So um, so we were selling a commercial condo, an office condo, and she said, you know what I want to do? I want to exchange and I want to find something up in Sonoma or Sebastopol, buy a cute little cottage, fix it up and make it an Airbnb house. She said, Mark, when should I start looking? (laughs) When should I start looking for my replacement property? And I said, you know what? I think what we should do is wait until we get an offer on yours because the hot stuff is going to go quick. And if you start looking for properties and we're not in contract yet to sell yours – um, it's, we're going to face this thing with the timing yeah. where it's like, okay, you need to remove your contingencies. You've got to loan and close on your other property. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not even in contract to sell yours yet. Well, right. if that person has some cash and they can buy the property first, they can do a reverse exchange. She found a property she loved in Sonoma. It was multiple offers. And the only way that she could satisfy will satisfy her exchange and mm-hmm. not pay the gain on their sale, yeah. and buy this other property was the reverse exchange. It was something that mm-hmm. Tony uh, suggested was your coworker. And so, and uh, is there still the same re- time requirement? Because you, you you can't just keep these things open forever, right? So it just works literally in the reverse. So from okay. the date that you close on the replacement property, you'd have 180 days to complete the sale of the property you were intending to sell. Now, okay. with this type of a transaction where the IRS allows you to buy before you sell, yeah. they don't allow you to hold title to both properties at the same time. So because of this, we actually will create an entity, oh, a shell okay. entity that will hold title either to the property being sold or to the property being purchased. And it really just depends on how they intend to pay for the property they want to buy. Wow. So somebody who's thinking about an exchange who just hears the word reverse exchange and just says, well, I'll just go ahead and just buy a property and then I'll go ahead and sell the other one and there's my exchange. That doesn't work. Right. You have to have that qualified intermediate. intermediary in wow. place. And if you don't sell your property within 180 days, it also destroys the exchange, right? Well, not really. No, what okay. it just means is that they just would have bought a replacement property that they own. They'd still have the opportunity to defer the taxes on that eventual sale by structuring it as a delayed exchange, which is where Ooh. they're going to sell first and buy second. So that just means they'd have to buy another replacement property. The one that they previously acquired could not be contributed towards the exchange of the future. No, but then you're, you're going to make well, them so, buy another property then, right? Right. So the yeah. purpose yeah. of the exchange <laughs> is to delay the gain. Yeah. So there is no gain if you don't sell the first property, right? <laughs> so, True. Right? But, so but you, if your intention was to you know, get yeah. property B, I mean, I guess, could you have a straw buyer? IRS, oh, pay, turn your radio off for a minute. Yeah. No, I mean, could you have a, a straw buyer at least just to, within the 180 days? So you're saying straw like a fake person. Well, yeah. or, you know what I mean? Let's put it this What's way. the name a of the show? Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of the show? Earmuffs. That's fake news. We don't do fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Fake news. Well, anyway, on that, before you get, uh, maybe off air is that question, but uh, we're going to get to a quick commercial break here. I'll tell you, it's uh, never, never a dull moment here on The Best of Investing. Okay, so we're talking random trivia here. Here's our first trivia question. By the way, Sinead, if you know the answer, don't answer it yet because we want the audience to get a shot at it. When we come back from break, you can do that, okay? All right. 
1996 and 2000, who was the presidential nominee for, for from the Green Party? That's what we're looking for. All right? And I'll tell you, it was not Barack Obama. All right. <laughs> Call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that free tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Cooper of HL Commercial. Our first trivia question was... In uh, 1996 and 2000, who was the presidential nominee from the Green Party? Gosh, I want to guess Ross Perot. That's the only thing I could come up with here, but uh, it shows Uh, how green I am. (laughs) Right? I've got nothing. Got nothing. Ralph Nader. Okay. Right? I got the I got the R, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. Again, oh, I, okay, give that, me that, an R. It, well, okay, that only gives you half a tanning on half your body. Okay. <laughs> gives um, you a forearm. Yeah. Really. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, so we have um I, I want to say Shanae O'Connor. No. <laughs> you get that a lot. No. Shanae Mabry from Old Republic Title Exchange, exchange or well, not, it, title, it, not title, just exchange, just Old Republic Exchange. Yeah. You got to make sure you get differ, differentiate. Yeah, do, you, do you go a Rexco? Is that is that what you call? We your... were a Rexco, oh, so a but Rexco. we had a name change. Oh, right, okay. So yeah. it's formally Old Republic Exchange. No, now we're the sister company to Old Republic Title, but we operate independent of one another. Okay. And I, right. I will do a little pu- plug for Old Republic, which I use yeah. for all of my escrows. And uh, I, I started with Re- Reedy over in uh, Mill Valley. Uh-huh. And then I've been doing some in San Rafael, too, just because they have offices everywhere. They're yes. convenient for my rent clients. They but do a very nice job. It's really great to have all my escrows in one place because yep. I'm juggling multiple deals at a time. And I just, it's, you know, they're available. I've got their cell phone numbers, which I don't call, use too often. <laughs> We're friends on Facebook. And it's a great, uh, a great title company. And it's really convenient when my escrow is at Old Republic. And then a client's got an exchange if they're buying or selling because we can just handle everything right there with Old Republic. And, so. and what a lot of inexperienced investors don't really understand is how important it is to have a good title company who, especially if they know that per, if the title company or the title officer knows your business. Mm-hmm. Because I've had situations where uh, sales have delayed or purchases, well, not so much purchases, but sales have, have been delayed because. There was just too much complication going on, and and they I wasn't allowed to use my own escrow officer, and I kept telling them I need to use my own escrow mm-hmm. officer. There's a reason. I'm not trying to be funny about right. this. I'm not using yeah. a you it's know important. A, yeah. I'm not using some crazy company. Well, in I mean, Timbuktu. Typically, typically the buyer will dictate the escrow company. Yeah. Now typically. I have I've had had some in Northern California at least, and yeah. Southern California wacky stuff goes on, <laughs> but I have had some uh, a few situations where they the Either there was a pre-escrow, the property was in escrow before it fell out, the first escrow company had done all the work, and then the, the seller agent would say, you know, we've already got it with, you know, First Fair American enough. or, or yeah. whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had another deal where offer was almost accepted, and the only thing they countered back was the escrow company, as a matter of fact. And the, huh. it was surprising because uh, actually one of the sellers uh, worked at 
the other escrow company. (laughs) So they countered it back because they wanted to run it through their office and then they'd get some kind of credit or something like that. I do have a couple of escrow horror stories, actually, if you really want to jump on that. Please. So um, I've had a few uh, of Southern California stuff. My family does a lot of Southern California uh, land and, and sales down there. So we're selling properties and we do a lot in Riverside, San Bernardino. Buyer's agents will dictate the escrow, of yep. course, and we'll get escrow documents back where, um, and by the way, I'm happily married to my wife, Galen, but I will get something back where my brother is married to my wife and I'm an unmarried man, or there'll be some really weird typos, oh, and they just, yeah. and we've got to chase everybody down to clean up these documents just because this other weird escrow company just doesn't do their homework or, or give us things to review beforehand. And, and how much of it has to do with the fact that you have you know, a, a, a popular first name and a popular last name? Yeah, there you go. Mark Cooper. I mean, yeah, well, my, my brother's Greg Cooper, but still, I mean, they just, they, because the things will come back and it'll say Mark Cooper, an unmarried man. And then my brother comes back and, you know, and it's like the documents are just wrong or, or misspellings and stuff like that. And it's really crazy. But, the, you know, that's another thing. To, uh, having a great escrow officer is really important. To, yeah, if this, was, if this was happening in Marin, I'd say, yeah, hey, dude, man, you know, married to this person. <laughs> person it's right, like multiple marriages got, yeah, yeah, exactly. going on. And, and well, then I, I had an even more horror, but go ahead. Go ahead, Marin. Well, what I was going to say is what's important about having a good escrow officer is also a good qualified intermediary. Absolutely. And this is not a federally regulated industry. And during the decline of the housing market, our industry dropped by about 90%. And when that happened, there were a number of qualified intermediaries who went belly up and took the exchanger's money with them. So you really want to make sure that you're using a reputable company that has a financial strength to really support the funds. And one thing I can say about older public exchange that not many other companies can can say is we've never had an exchange disallowed because of an error on our part. Well, that's important because uh, yeah. that could be very costly. Right. <laughs> How many do you guys do a year, uh, for example, would you say? A year? Or, or, or a month. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I just closed 110 last month. Wow. Oh, my gosh. In one month? In one month. That's a lot of exchanges. Okay. So I've got a few thousand under my belt. Wow. wow. I, and uh, roughly, what does it cost to do an exchange? So you'd be looking, if you're selling one property and buying one property, somewhere between about 1100 and $1,200 for the exchange. Mm-hmm. And that can come out of the exchange funds. Correct. So, so, uh, so it's not like... Uh, Boot. No yeah, boot. No, no, no boot. boot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Not writing checks for it. I actually, I have a question. Actually, I was, I was talking to someone that said that uh, their ex- the property they were selling, they sold for more than the property that they wanted to buy. Of course, there was no loan, so it was a cash deal. Okay, mm-hmm. and, but the property they were buying needed some work. It needed a new roof. Oh. It needed a deck. Uh, can they leave money in escrow and use that to pay for a new roof or, or a deck or improvements? Uh, directly to the vendor if it's going toward that exchange property. Was, that's would a that's, very good question. Would that satisfy the exchange if they've if they need to spend you know fifty thousand dollars to fix the place? Yeah, whatever. Uh, and they but they don't and they they didn't use it to buy the property. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, and they don't want they don't want to have to pay uh, tax on the gain, if, especially if they're going to or put income the money tax in. on the money that they're going to use to fix the roof. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah so yeah, the way that it works is that the IRS says the condition of the property, the day you take title to it, is what determines the value for exchange purposes. So any improvements made after you take title don't count towards the exchange. Could you, <laughs> that's not the answer yeah. you want to hear. I know, but. <laughs> There is a way in which you can structure it through uh-huh. the exchange, but there's no cheaper, easy way to do it. But could you do the roof prior to the close of escrow? 
Remove if, all your contingencies, do the roof, and then close. Or if or, the seller is willing to complete those improvements, is. yeah, that's what you have to do. I mean, right, I, but, that's what I'm hearing is is you get you, pretty much you just have to pay more for the property, but tell the seller he's got to do those. Yeah. I want a new roof. Yeah, I'll pay an extra thirty thousand dollars on the sale price. Correct. There you go. And probably the seller, you got to give the seller a little something to go through the house. A little something, bit. something. Yeah. <laughs> What's <laughs> the name of this show again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, also, you know, you got to make sure. A little something for his time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, exactly. You know, but plus he's not going to warranty anything because it's like you're making him do it. Right. Tell you what, we got to cut to another fast uh, break here. Before we do, I want to make a mention for the Tahoe uh, Lakeshore Lodge and Spa. They provide guests with an all-lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe. Every room has a view of the lake and the mountains, outdoor heated pool, 500 feet of private beach. Uh, they also have a, a, a day spa. Check them out uh, at Ta- go to TahoeLakeShoreLodge.com or call 800-448-4577. All right, our second trivia question is, in 1701... Who invented the seed planting drill? Now, that, that's a oh. hard question, so I am going to give you a little hint. Th- and this is not that much of a hint, though. Think music in the 1970s. I know. This, that's, yeah, that's that didn't help. That didn't help. Okay, <laughs> stay with us. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Cooper of HL Commercial. Mark Honf is off today. Second trivia question was a tough one. In 1701, who invented the seed planting drill? And the hint was, think music in the 1970s. Still it's tough. didn't come to me. Uh, Barry White? No. <laughs> Jethro Tull. Nice. Yeah. Bungle the in the jungle, right? There you go. That's right. Yeah. I like that song. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a hard one, I got to admit. That was a hard one. Okay. So, Mark, we have an email question that we received that seems right up your alley. It says, what strategies do you have when working with a 1031 client in terms of offer, price, and timelines? Wow. Okay. First of all, I would say... It's all about the timeline when you close on the first property. So so mm-hmm. typically, I meet with folks about a week or two before they close on the property that they're selling. Okay, We'll figure out what the criteria is and the price. Um, also, it's essential to figure out, do they have a loan or are they cash? Oh. And uh, Sinead could probably elaborate on that. How does how does loan versus cash work on the, from the exchange perspective? What What are the guidelines for that? Well, the first thing to be aware of is that in order to fully defer the capital gains tax, you do need to buy a property equal or greater net value to the property you're selling. Okay. And the net is going to be the sales price minus the normal cost of sale expenses, which like will include things commissions, yeah. transfer tax, notary recording fees, escrow fee, the exchange fee, etc. So let's say you've got a family who's selling an investment property for 500000 Let's say they've got 6% in cost, so that puts it down to about four seventy. That's what they need to spend on a replacement property to fully defer the tax. And then they need to use all of the cash that they're netting from the sale, which includes their initial investment, as the down payment for the replacement property. And they have to replace the debt with either a new loan on the replacement property equal to the debt relief that they received on the property they sold, or they can buy the replacement property all cash. So if they've got $470,000 cash, 
they can buy a replacement property for 470 or they can buy up in value as much as they can afford. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm seeing people that are, uh, they're shopping, but they're not really sure what, uh, you know, let's say they brought some, they bought something for 400000 They sold it for 470 And then I'm thinking, okay, the net gain is $70,000, right? Yet. Right? You have to recapture depreciation, right. too. Well, depending on how long. Yeah, you're, the, you're Mr. Recapture over there, too. <laughs> okay. So, so they meet with their CPA, and the CPA says, you know what? They're going to recapture the depreciation. They've had it for 10, 15 years. And they, depending on the, what's the depreciation? It's 29 29 uh, yeah, 39 and a half yeah. years for commercial 20 excuse me 39 years for commercial 27 and a half which I don't know is kind of a weird half. number yeah. half years yeah. for, for residential yeah so one thirty ninth of the value of the <laughs> of the physical of the of structure the building yeah, yeah not the land but of the, the building, structure yeah. is being depreciated so if they've had it 39 years it's been fully depreciated so yeah. they're gonna they're gonna look to recapture that depreciation uh, but so so we're starting to look around uh, for properties we're starting to think and what I usually like to say to figure out is what is this person's appetite? If I had a restaurant, do they like Italian? What do they like? <laughs> so um, sometimes people are really into apartment buildings, and yeah. that's what they're comfortable with, and they manage it themselves. They won't want to touch something like a retail building or an office yeah. building or something like that. Um, I like mixed use. I like things with retail mm-hmm. down. Apartments or offices upstairs, it's great, uh, especially in a nice downtown core. But I also want to figure out, are they, uh, are, are they really hands-on? You know, yeah. So what's their appetite? Are they hands-on? What's the geographic area and what's the price? Sometimes they'll say, oh, we've got some cash we can contribute. I'm comfortable with a loan. I'm not comfortable with a loan. And then we start looking. We start looking at a lot of properties as soon as we can because that to- clock is ticking. And the way I see it, I want to be in contract, if not closed escrow, within 45 days. Why wait 180 days to close escrow if you've got two, $3 million of equity for 180 days, for six months, that money is doing you nothing. You're not making any money. You don't pay yeah. a big interest rate on, at the extent. No, you right. your point. What, do you pay interest at all? Uh, not if the proceeds are less than $2 million. Right, okay. So um, just to kind of clarify for the audience here, as far as the timeline that we're referring to, from the date that you close on your investment property through an exchange, you have 45 days to identify in writing to the qualified intermediary the property or the properties you want to buy. So you don't have to close. You just have to just identify. Just need to identify. And you're not required to actually be in contract on the property in order to identify it. But now, but now in reality, like when you say identify, because you can always change the identity, right? As long as you're within the 45 days. But once you go past that 45th day, you're locked into what you've identified. And there's no changes or substitutions that can be made gulp. beyond that point. Gulp. Big gulp. <laughs> yeah. Big gulp. I heard, a, I heard a great story about that, too, and I don't know if we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, uh, I think they were buying uh, some type of, I, I could say, five units up in, in, uh, in Davis, and it was a slam dunk. They were getting a great deal. They identified the property, getting ready to close escrow. Day before they close escrow, and the window's already passed, right? So they're like 50 days into their 1031 okay. exchange. This is the only property the buyer had identified for the exchange, the units up there. Day before they close escrow, building burns down to the ground. Oh my gosh! Building, I just got to chill. <laughs> building burns down to the ground. So they look to the they look to the exchange person and go, "Well, hey, we don't want to buy this property. It burned to the ground. What am I going to do here? Does it yeah. blow the exchange?" 
They went to the seller's insurance. They got the cl- they filed a claim and they got enough money to rebuild the building. And the and the buyer went ahead and closed anyway, because they had identified that property. They had to buy that property or pay the gain and the recapture uh, on this property yeah, they sold. Yeah, because there's no IRS uh, exclusion for that kind of situation, the is there? Airplane crashes into the building, still got to buy it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can you wow. believe? It? I mean, thank goodness that was really smart though for the insurance company. You know, for them to still buy. And then this way, they got, actually got a brand new building. Get a brand new building that way. Yeah, sure. So wow. what I was saying about the timeline is you don't need to be in escrow. You don't need to be in contract. But what I like to do is be at least be in contract on the properties I'm identifying because you want to control them. You want to be in the driver's seat if mm-hmm. you identify something because the clock starts ticking and it starts ticking fast. Is there a minimum or maximum? Oh, excuse me. Is there a maximum of how many properties you can identify? Well, there's two rules of identification that are most commonly used. With the three-property rule, it allows you to identify and purchase up to three properties of any valuation. So what that means is, let's say you have a client who sells property for a million dollars. They could identify three properties all valued at three million each, and they can close on any combination of those three. The second rule of identification... You mean, wait, wait, hold on. If they sell for a million, you mean 300000 no, they the can. Three million. They can buy. They can identify three properties, all valued at three million dollars each. Equal or greater value of the equity and the debt of, that they sold. They uh, can buy uh, something and, bigger. And how much did they sell the other one for? You said a million. A million. So right. under the three they're going to finance it. Yeah. Uh, okay. They're going to finance what they buy, okay. and they could right. buy all. They could buy all three. Because I was wondering why don't they just take rip a thing out of the MLS and say, "Here, I, I'm identifying something in here." You know what right, I mean? But just, that might be an escrow. It might be in contract already. You want to identify something you can actually close on. True, but I mean, if you <laughs> say, "Here's a here's a thousand different buildings," I'll, don't worry, I'll close on one of them. That didn't yeah. work. Didn't work. Now, <laughs> there's a second rule of identification, which is more commonly used if someone's identifying multiple properties of lesser value, which says you can identify four or more properties, but the aggregate value of all the properties identified could not exceed 200% of what you sold. There you go. Okay, so there's another. Yeah. That's an IRS rule? It is. Ah, okay. So there, that's the limita- that's, what, that's a, another limitation as to why you can't just rip a They call that the Edward Brown rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. now, wasn't there a 95% to something like that as well? Or? There is, but it's so rarely used. And essentially what it says is you can identify any number of properties at any valuation, but you have to close on 95% of what you've identified or oh. the entire exchange fails. I, I oh, did that, one that, of those. I, really? Well, I, I did say, one. I can understand that one being rare. Tell you what, mm. we're going to go to our uh, third trivia question here. Uh, again, we've, this is very random. First was a Ralph Nader. Next was Jethro Tull, Bungle in the Jungle. Um, and then this one here is, who was the first thoroughbred horse to win $1 million? Mm. That's a kind of a tough one. You definitely have heard of the horse. Actually, it was the jockey. The horse didn't get any money at all. Well, that is true. <laughs> or the that owner. The owner got yeah, the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trick question. What, 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 what horse was being ridden, I guess, is technically the correct term. Uh, call 888-912-1190. Be the first one, and you'll win that certificate for tanning. 415 excuse me, 888-912-1190. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Cooper of HL Commercial. Here is our third uh, trivia question. Now, you guys are 0 for 2, so let's see if you can get this one. Who was the first thoroughbred horse to win $1 million? I'm going secretariat. That's, uh, that's, what, what, I I would, that's what I would think of before, before that. 
Citation. Citation. Oh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 1940s, which, yeah. I mean, a million dollars back then was Whoa. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Shanae, before we uh, move on to something else, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they're thinking about doing an exchange? Great question. My phone number, it's 888-677-1031. Huh. How about that? 1031. I like you, that. You give out your email, too, or is that too much? Here? I do, but it's so long. Yeah, okay. It's often easier to just, just call. call. Just call. call. <laughs> there you go. Or go, there you uh, go. Old yeah. Republic Exchange, right? Yeah. Well, it's my first initial and last name, so it's S-M-A-B-R-I-E okay. at O-R-E-X, like X-Ray, C-O, 1031.com. Or XO 1031.com. Yeah. Yeah, I got that one right. Okay. Uh, So now Mark Honf wasn't here, but he did uh, give me a deal of the week to discuss on the phone, on the phone, on the radio here. So it says they have a borrower that's looking to close a loan uh, within a week uh, for $380,000. The borrowers are using the collateral in their current home, which is located in the Bay Area, to fund the construction of a home in Reno, and they own the lot. Their current house is valued at a million dollars, plus they own it free and clear. So this is going to be a a less than 40% loan to value, and then uh, they'll pay off the loan when they sell that primary residence. Mm. Now, most banks will not lend because they'll have two houses. Mm -hmm. Or actually, they have a house and a half, really, because it's being constructed. So a lot of banks won't do that. Mm -hmm. And also, they need to... uh, Apparently, they have to close this loan in about a week. So that's another reason why the banks won't won't do it. So uh, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money gives me uh, this one where... I mean, that's a good loan for Pacific Private Money. And for the borrower, you know, he's going to pay a little bit more interest than he would at the bank, but at least he's able to get his construct... This is effectively, I guess it's going to be... A construction loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Pacific Private Money doesn't need to necessarily get involved in the construction part of it. They'll give them a cash out loan. They, right. own, they own the property million dollar free and clear. They said, "Here, here's three hundred eighty thousand dollars. Do anything you want with it." There now they go. they happen to want to build the construction of their house, so that's a very conservative loan for them. And you know they'll probably charge them a little over nine percent and a couple of points. And you know it's. Get expensive, but it, but it gets them what they need. Exactly. I was going to say in Tahoe, they better start that construction now yeah. uh, because yeah. they, it's going to start snowing and get cold up there. Good point. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe that's the other reason why they need right. to close it so quickly. That's I, a very good point. Because I was thinking like, well, geez, they can just go to any bank and get a first mortgage, right? Place is free and clear. Yeah. But the clock's ticking and that's where Pacific private but, money really comes into it. Correct. The other thing yeah. though is some banks won't just do a cash out for, yeah. for that kind of deal i don't know what their income is and then you know the, what's the purpose they always want to know what's the purpose mm-hmm. of the loan oh we're gonna do we're gonna build a house in reno buy a motorcycle yeah, yeah. buy a motorcycle exactly <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah that doesn't work so well so uh for those borrowers who are listening to the show uh, if they want to call pacific private money at 415-883-2150 or go to pacificprivatemoney.com um and then on the flip side for people who go gosh that's a pretty conservative loan uh, I'd love to participate in something like that. You can also call them at 415-883-2150 because they have a fund that invests in loans just like this that are very conservative. And uh, they're paying currently uh, about 7.75%. Um, and it's paid out on a monthly basis. So it's, oh, wow. you know, it's what, point, wow. uh, 0.65% or something, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, 0.6, 0.625% uh, per month, which is more than a lot of banks are paying in a year. 
they're paying yeah. in, in a month. So it's very conservative. So uh, check them out, PacificPrivateMoney.com. Nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about my 95% rule. Yeah. I was saying that I had one of those, and uh, it was something I never even heard of because I thought, okay, 200%. You know, mm-hmm. identify three, close as many as you want. Um, a few years back, we sold a, uh, a house that we had down in El Segundo, my brother and I. And uh, what I decided I wanted to do, we were free and clear. Uh, I wanted to buy individual houses in outlying areas. And then I also uh, partnered into st- uh, two office buildings. So I wanted to close on five properties. My goodness gracious. If I, <laughs> if I had your money, I'd throw <laughs> mine away. <laughs> so I want to close on five properties. And uh, I'm getting ready to do my identification. And that they say as well, you're going to get into the 95% rule if you're going to close on five. And I was like, well, what exactly does that mean? What is it, 95%? So 95%, correct me if I'm wrong, you can identify 20 properties and close on 19 of them. Well, it, you have to close on ninety-five percent of is, what you is, identify, which is nineteen. Yeah, of the, right. Of but the 20, I, yeah. I, yeah, or I need to close on. I mean, how else would you hit ninety-five percent? Well, it's ninety-five percent of the total yeah. valuation. Okay, so there you go. Okay, so it's not the number of properties, it's right? The valuation. It's the valuation oh, okay. of so, what's you might have had so it's like, property in two, right? Two little tiny ones, tiny right? Ones, yeah. Yeah. So you got to hit ninety. You got to place ninety-five percent of you of what you identify. Correct. Okay. Well, Boy, good. Luckily, Janae, I, you're in a very sophisticated business. I am. And the, and the laws change daily. I know. That's the <laughs> other thing. And uh, kind of going on to that note for a minute, wasn't Congress thinking of just like saying, nah, yeah, let's just get rid of um, 1031 exchanges? What's the, what's the latest update on the 1031 here? And- well, there was an economic study that was done to show just the impact that the elimination of 1031 exchanges would have on not just the real estate market, but different sectors of... I mean, I could just name up... I mean, right off the top of my, my head, I'm thinking, okay, first of all, the, the, the ones who do the exchange, like yeah. your company, boom, done, over. Uh, realtors are going to get hit. Escrow companies. Es- escrow companies. Farmers. 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 <laughs> well, they're, yeah. sell, what, they're selling their land and then it's being developed. Cattle. Cattle. There you go. Well, well okay, so <laughs> actually, th- this is a question I was going to ask you on the air because um, I think some people have this question. You know, you like it's a like kind exchange. Mm-hmm. They do consider land is like of a building. Correct. But if you can't have a situation where you have a um, like you can't trade a REIT mm-hmm. for a building. Right. right. So a REIT is a real estate investment trust where you actually own shares and you don't have direct ownership in the real property. Mm-hmm. So a REIT is not exchangeable for real property. What about a single-member LLC? A single-member LLC is the same as an individual person, as long as that LLC is disregarded for tax purposes. Exactly. So could you do that then? Could you you, couldn't, well, you, you, can't exchange, you, can, you can't exchange the LLC interest. Correct. Okay. It still has to be the property. Right. Gotcha. So an interest yeah. in an LLC is not exchangeable. Okay. All right. So I've got a question here. So uh, some of the property that my family has was before I got married. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I sell a property off that I'm uh, you know a single owner, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's time to close. And I think, well, shoot, I should put my wife on there, right? Uh, we're married. Uh, does does that change if I put if I put my wife or significant other on there with me? Then I'm only fifty percent owner of this property, and the vesting has changed. Does that affect anything? Yeah, so that's a really great question. And when you're exchanging, the IRS is looking at who is the taxpayer of record? Who's been the person that's been reporting this property as investment on the tax return? And when you add a person to the title on the property just before the sale occurs, 
Well, technically, that person hasn't met the holding period to qualify for the exchange. And there's not a bright line rule that clearly defines what that holding period is, but most tax professionals will tell you 24 months is generally a safe timeline. So if you add a party to title just before the sale occurs and you both exchange, well, in the event of an audit, the IRS could say, you know what, that person yeah. didn't meet the holding period. I, they I could disallow thought, it. I would have thought at least 12 months, not 24. Just depends on how aggressive you want to be. I think yeah, you're quite aggressive. I mean, I mean 24. <laughs> Seven days, come on. Yeah. <laughs> now, some more aggressive CPAs might say one year spanned over two tax periods. And yeah, the reason why 24 months kind of comes up is, again, there's no bright line year. rule. Well, no, but no, there's uh, no bright line rule in the tax code that defines a holding period. But there were some recent revenue procedures that kind of point to 24 really? months. Really? Ah, that, that's the reason. Okay. We got to cut to our uh, last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments on the best of investing. Don't touch that dial. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Cooper of HL Commercial and our special guest, Shanae Mabry of Old Republic Exchange. You got it. Hey, I got that right. <laughs> yeah, it only took me about 30 minutes. No. Um, so, Mark, you got a few uh, questions. Well, I was going to say, uh, so- sometimes people approach me and they say, God, we've had this property forever it's kicking off good income. Why would I want to sell this? Uh, for example, you know, let's say you inherited a house and uh, you've had it 20, 30 years and it's kicking off $5,000 a month and maybe you have no mortgage. It's just this big cash cow. Um, well, I've talked to clients that are in that situation and when you have very little expenses, you have very little write-offs, especially mm-hmm. if the depreciation is gone. Uh, and uh, once the depreciation depreciation is like, you know, a gift from heaven for real estate investors because you can, you can, it's like a paper write off uh, on your property where you can uh, appreciate the rewards. Once the depreciation is gone, you're starting to, you're not getting that benefit anymore. So, properties that have been depreciated or something that you've had a long time with no mortgage, that's a time where you want to really start to look at it and think it's not the income that you've got, but how much equity do you have tied up in this property? Is it time to think about an exchange, sell this, and step up to something larger, maybe even take a mortgage out, uh, buy a multi-unit property instead of... Okay, but that's where the risk comes in, where you're suddenly you're going from debt-free to potentially taking on some debt, because don't you reduce the new property by the gain that you're deferring? I mean, basically, you're trading basis. The basis 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 gets carried forward. Yeah, Yeah. the, the basis gets carried forward. You know, what I've heard is depreciate, 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 and then die. Yeah. And that's how, <laughs> that's how it gets stepped up to, to your heirs. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would always say, you know, talk to a good real estate broker that specializes in the market, the assets, and the, and the neighborhood that you uh, have, have your property. Uh, I, I like Southern Marin. I do a lot of Mill Valley, Corte Madera, San Rafael, San Anselmo. Uh, so that's where I specialize. And oftentimes I'm approached about a property, and I might have done a, a broker price opinion on that before. I might have the leases already that have been given to me. I saw something in Fairfax that came on the market, and I was like, wow, I've got all the leases for that property already. (laughs) Uh, So that was pretty cool. Uh, But find a good broker. I'm with HL Commercial. My cell is 415-608-1036. My email is mark, M-A-R-K, at hlcre.com. Love to talk to you about real estate. And uh, Sinead, why don't you give out your information one more time? Sure. Phone number is 888 
877-607-1031. You can also access our website, O-R-E-X-C-O-1031.com. And uh, if they just they can't remember all that, if they go to Old Republic Title and say, hey, who's the exchange people? That's another way you can get a there hold of you. There you go. Right? <laughs> All right. Um, so again, last I give a last plug here for uh, Pacific Private Money because they're still providing uh, mortgage investments that are currently yielding about seven and th- about seven and three quarters. It dipped to about seven and a half, and then they raised it up again. And uh, I've got some of that in my IRA, and I, I just love getting that monthly check. I just, <laughs> I, of course, I don't get it. I see it in my IRA. And that's the other thing is uh, a lot of people they they'll invest their IRAs. In this, because again, it's deferred. We love that. We love that word, deferred. There we go. Um, What's yeah. the minimum? Do you remember the minimum? Fifty thousand, and yeah. you can reinvest your distributions. Mm-hmm. So the compounded yield would be almost eight percent on nice. that end of it. Yeah. All right, we're going to thank you very much again, uh, Sinead, for uh, joining us. Thank you for having talking, me. Yeah, talking about ten thirty one exchanges. Uh, let's see, and of course, Mark Cooper. Want to thank you yet again for being an excellent co host. Uh, here's our thoughts for the day. John Wooden, remember him basketball coach, said, don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished with your ability. Wise man. And Lou Brock, remember him, the base dealer for the St. Louis Cardinals? Show me a guy who's afraid to look bad, and I'll show you a guy you can beat every time. (laughs) There you go. Words of wisdom. (laughs) All right. And with that note, uh, we are going to sign off. So tune in next week to The Best of Investing. Why? Because we're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Hopefully, we'll make them a little easier because these these were really pretty tough. I like when you have a category. It kind of preps me a little bit for it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you don't know what we're coming up with. We surprise you. I I, I never want to make our uh, co-hosts look bad, though, when they go, I don't know what the answer is. Of course, I know the answer because I am the one who came up with these questions. (laughs) Of course, I researched them. All right. Don't touch touch that, Dell. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the best of investing on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.